Welcome everyone. Welcome back to the Football Engine Podcast. My name is Laura and I am joined by Christian today where we're going to preview the 2022 Women's Euros. So just to kind of start off, we're going to kind of go through all the groups, give you a little bit about what we think about each team, give you some players to watch for, that sort of stuff. So to start off, we're going to start off with England in Group A. So Christian, what are your thoughts on England? Uh, I think for England in Group A, uh, I think they're the big favorites to to finish to or to top the group. Uh, I think their overall quality of players and kind of their playing style is uh, a couple of levels above the other teams. Uh, I also think that they've looked quite good under Serena Wigman lately, especially in kind of the uh, 5-1 uh, victory over the Netherlands uh, quite recently, uh, with kind of the second half being very good uh, after <clears throat> after the Netherlands kind of collapsed a little. Uh, so, yeah, I just think kind of the overall quality of England will, will uh, let them top the group. Uh, and go through what do you think no i definitely agree i think england are the favorites to top the group and i think they will top the group i'm a big fan of serena vigman i think she was a very good um appointment by england and i think that if she is on top of her tactics then england will for sure top the group yeah i mean like her success at uh, at, uh, with the Dutch national team I think just proved her quality as a coach uh, she knows how to to, to go far in, in a major tournament uh, proven by kind of the uh, proven by the Euros title in 2017 and also the reaching the World Cup final in 2019 uh, so it will for sure be interesting to see how she, she does with uh, with England and the kind of the the types of players uh, she has there in her first major tournament as as their head coach. Um, do you have any standout players uh, for England? I definitely think that Leah Williamson will be kind of England's big name, big standout player. She is playing in that defensive midfield role, which is one of the most important roles on the field and can really dictate how a game is going to go. So I think that if Williamson is on top of her game, then England should be on top of theirs. Yeah, I definitely agree that uh, Leah Williamson will be very uh, key to to England and their success in this tournament uh, or potential success in the tournament. Um, She just, she's been made 
captain and she just has this uh, calmness on the ball, great passing and distribution skills, uh, but also a very intelligent uh, defensive player. Uh, so it will be for sure interesting to see her in the uh, defensive midfield role or midfield role rather. Uh, but I think she suits it you know, very well. Uh, another player that's been kind of talked a lot about is Lauren Hemp. Um, and I think uh, rightly so, because she's probably England's key player in attack. Uh, she can just create something out of nothing with her uh, uh, bursts of pace. Uh, dribbling skills uh, and just kind of her her willingness to run up uh, opposition opposition defenders uh, so facing her down that uh, left hand side uh, will be a very dangerous uh, prospect for for opposition defenders uh, and a very kind of great attacking threat to have if you're England um let's before we move on let's talk about uh, some other players apart from from those to be we mentioned, do you have any kind of um, uh, players to watch out for apart from Williamson and Lornham? I definitely want to highlight Alex Greenwood. Um, I think that she is often overlooked. She was overlooked for pretty much the entire WSL season. I think she was easily one of Manchester City's most important players, as well as usually. You know, she's kind of overlooked um, for Bright as well. And people are always talking about how great Bright is in the defense for England. But I think Greenwood is just as good, if not better than Bright. And so I think Greenwood could definitely be the one to carry England's defense. So she'll be one to look out for. Yeah, for sure. She will play a more important role in the defense now that uh, Williamson has stepped into 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 midfield. Uh so I think Greenwood is a very good shout from you. Uh, apart from that, I, I would like to highlight uh, two Manchester United players. Not often I do that. Uh, but Ella Toon, I think, will be very interesting to follow during the Euros. Uh, she will be fighting with Frank Kirby for the number 10, starting number 10 position. Uh, I'm kind of based on... Tune's form, I think she should get the nod to start over Kirby because uh, from what I've seen of Kirby for England, she just hasn't performed at the same level uh, on the national team as she has for Chelsea the past couple of seasons. And she's also had her struggles with fitness and illness and all of that. So based on kind of uh, form, I think... Ella Toon should probably start, uh, but I'm not sure if she's going to. Uh, uh, other than Toon, I think Alessio Russo also has to, to get a mention. And this is not me forgetting like Beth, Beth Mead and stuff, because she's also great and will play a, a huge role for England. Uh, but I'm highlight, highlighting Russo because... At the moment, I think she's England's best striker uh, and should probably start over Alan White and Bethany England. Uh, I think you have Alan White as this uh, fox-in-the-box poachers type of striker, uh, but Alessio Russo just brings something more and something different to the table. 
uh, on the pitch with uh, her physical presence. That's a threat uh, in the box for crosses, but she also ha- has a great hold of play, uh, combining with uh, her uh, combining with uh, pace, and also uh, she's a very good finisher. So I think Russo should start and will be a very interesting player to watch for for England for England uh, during Euros if she gets playing time. But uh, I think Wiegman will probably start with Alan White. Well, um, moving on to talk about the next team in Group A, Norway. You do have our resident Norwegian here, so I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on this, Christian. Uh, I for sure do, uh, and not all of them are uh, positive thoughts. Um, uh, and I've seen kind of uh, many people talk about uh, Norway as an outsider or a dark horse uh, to go very far in this tournament and maybe possibly even winning the whole thing. Uh, I think Norway for sure has this squad quad or the. Uh, <laughs> player quality to, to go pretty far in the tournament, but I th- also think that they have uh, too many weaknesses to to kind of compete with the, the best teams uh, in Europe. Uh, my biggest uh, kind of problem for Norway is their coach, uh, Martin, Sch- Martin Sjögren. Um, I think after the 2019 World Cup, uh, there were a lot of uh, optimism surrounding the Norwegian team, uh, and they just kind of saw a lot of potential in the team. But for me, uh, after that, I don't think Sjögren has managed to to progress with the team any further. Uh, I actually think she, the team has regressed a bit uh, compared to the other team, the other good teams um, in Europe. I just don't see uh, an, a clear plan of what he's trying to make the team look like uh, or play like. Uh, I don't see any clear attacking patterns, uh, and there's just n- there's not much identity with the team. Uh, and his kind of four four two formation is very outdated. Uh, the midfield gets easily overrun by a three ma- a three player midfield. Uh, and kind of defend, which breaks up the the team structure and leaves the uh, an already vulnerable defense even more vulnerable and open. Uh, so Norway give away a lot of space uh, uh, and get easily carved open uh, by 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 quality teams. Uh, so for me, uh, Norway will probably make it out of the group stages behind England. But I don't see them getting much further uh, than a quarterfinal, um, unfortunately. But I would also love to hear your thoughts um, and probably everyone else. I mean, as you may know, I do like Norway. Um, I think I think they're a fun team to watch. I like a lot of the players on Norway. Um, I think just Norway in general as a country and the league in the top series, there's so many young talents um that come through that league and that are in that league currently but Norway is such a young team and I think that that kind of leads a bit to their downfall 
Um, I mean, you do have some players on the team that do have that big game experience, but a lot of the starting 11, you look at players like Julie Blackstad and stuff like that, they're young. They've never played in these big matches, and so it'll be hard for Norway to top the group without that experience that other teams such as England have. So I think that they'll definitely come in second, but they're not going to top the group. Um, I feel like, I mean, a lot of things can happen with uh, Ada Hegerberg coming back into the squad and playing her first international tournament uh, for Norway since the 2017 disaster Euros. <laughs> Uh, and she will be eager to to prove uh, to prove herself and take Norway far in this tournament. But unfortunately, I just don't don't see it happening. With how big uh, I think the gap between Norway and and, and the best teams uh, is. Um, but I also think we should talk about uh, some players. Yeah. Definitely, because Norway have some great young up-and-coming ones. The one player that I would like to highlight that I think could make a huge difference for Norway if she ends up being fully fit is Tuva Hansen. Um, Tuva's Ooh, been very good for Braun in the top tier in this season. I think she could be that either you know playing as a center back or right back, wherever um, Norway end up playing her. I think she could really be a difference maker in their defense, which is really where they have struggled lately. Um, but as many may know, she's not quite fully fit yet. So we'll see how that turns out. Very interesting shout. I didn't. I did not see that coming. Uh, I mean, I think you you can't really mention Norway without mentioning their their attacking trio of of. International stars, uh, Ada Hegerberg, Caroline Graham Hansen, and Gura Reitman. Uh, on paper, uh, it's probably the best front three at the Euros. Uh, but um, the biggest problem for Norway is making the team around them click, so they can uh, so they can uh, cause chaos uh, in attack. Uh, so for sure, those three has to be, or those three have to be mentioned. Uh, uh, apart from that, I think it will be very interesting to see a a player like Anna Jösendal, uh, who, who plays for Rus- Rosenborg in the top serien. Um, many didn't think she would make the squad, so she was kind of a surprise inclusion. Uh, but she has some really interesting qualities. Uh, she's very fast. She got, she's got great technique uh, and dribbling skills. She has a good end product uh, for Rosenborg for Rosenborg with four goals and four assists in thirteen games, which isn't bad. Um, the biggest problem is that she she will probably play as a as a left back if she gets to play. Uh, and Martin Schögren playing players out of position is kind of the thing he loves to do uh, and the thing that I hate a lot because it just wastes their their, their, their talents in a, a position they, they don't usually play uh, and the same can be said with 
Yuli Blackstad, who's also going to be a very uh, fun player to watch at tournaments. Okay, well, that's a bit about Norway. The next team in Group A is Austria. I love Austria. I like a lot of players on Austria. I think Austria are going to be a very interesting team to take a look at. Um, but they did just lose two kind of big players in Platner and someone else, if I can remember their name. <laughs> um, yeah, in Platner and um, Cole. So that is a huge loss for Austria, but I am a big fan. I love Sarah Zadrazil. I mean, I'm a Bayern fan. I think she's one of the best central defensive midfielders in the world. I think they have a lot of talent in, um, like, Frankfurt's Barbara Dunst. She was absolutely amazing for Frankfurt this season. So I think Austria are a great and interesting team, and they were very good at the 2017 edition of the Euros making it all the way to the semifinals. So it'll be interesting to see if they can replicate that. But I do think that they are looking like they will place third in the group. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Austria has so many good players. Uh, Many people don't know about them, but they have a very very good team, especially in terms of kind of individual quality. Uh, and for sure, not a team to be taken lightly by by anyone, uh, and they can cause like real pro- problems in 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 this group. Uh, like maybe they could possibly finish second above Norway, uh, but uh, I don't think it will happen. Although I do think uh, it will be close, and that Norway might struggle against them. Um, you mentioned a lot of uh, players. Uh, Sarah Sadrasil is probably their biggest star, but they also have like a very good goalkeeper in Manuela Sinsberger, who was WSL's best goalkeeper this past season. Uh, Barbara Dunst had a fantastic season for Frankfurt, as you said. Uh, Nicole Biela as, as the striker uh, was the Bundesliga top scorer like two seasons ago. Um, and then you have Laura Firesinger, who was part of the 2017 team that made it to the semifinals. And she was a, had a very good tournament. Uh, one of the, uh, probably one of the best players uh, at that tournament. So, uh, so she will also be, she's also worth mentioning. Um, but then you also have kind of like Katarina Nationwang, uh, Laura Wienreuter, who plays for top European teams. Um, so for so yeah, Austria, uh, not to be taken lightly, and pro- people probably underrate them a lot. Um, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. I definitely think Austria will kind of be a bit of an underrated team. Yeah. Well, that was a bit about. Austria, do you want to give us maybe your player to watch from Austria? Maybe that player that might surprise people? Ooh, I feel like <laughs> I kind of have a knowledge hole here uh, in terms of Austria because I haven't watched their national team uh, very much. I mostly watched their the players in the Bundesliga. Uh, 
So this is kind of difficult for me. Uh, oh god. Um, I feel like Marie Plattner should be mentioned, but she's out. Uh, so that's kind of big, <laughs> big bummer. Uh, uh, so, ooh, I'm struggling here. <laughs> um, I'm gonna highlight Katarina Nationwang because she's had a, she had a really good season with uh, Hoffenheim. Um, and she's just she just seems like she's one of those players that you don't kind of look at too much. She goes under the radar, uh, but she she's quality. Uh, so I think I think she will be one to look out for from from Austria. I just will never forget her goal against Kog in the Champions League. Yeah, same. That that was an amazing goal. Well, I was also going to say Nashen Wang. Um, so you kind of stole my player there. So I guess I will come Sorry. up with someone else. Which is why I think I'm going to go with hmm, who has really impressed me that we haven't already talked about. Because I, <laughs> I don't want to talk about someone we already talked about. Well, you know what? I actually... I really liked um, Verena Hanshaw last season. Um, I thought she was great for Frankfurt. Um, So I definitely think, I mean, she's one of those more veteran players, but I think she could be very good for Austria. Yeah, good. Uh, let's talk about uh, Northern Ireland, which is the the last team in Group A. Uh, do you know much about them? No, I I wish I did. Um, I did ask around a little bit to try to get a good idea of, you know, who Northern Ireland are. Um, I think that they're a team that they're gonna have their entire country behind them. It's not often that Northern Ireland make a major tournament you know, men or women in pretty much any sport. So this is kind of huge for their country as a whole. But I think these players will definitely feel the full support um, back home. And I think that that will be what's really driving this team forward in the tournament. But do you think they will have any chance of <laughs> making it out of the group? No, I I don't. Um, I know there are a lot, there are quite a few talented players on Northern Ireland, and I'll highlight one a little later on. But I just, there's just no way that they beat the likes of England, Austria, or Norway. Yeah, same. Unfortunately, I just don't think they have the squad to compete. Uh, so I, f- I fear that they, they might be thrown around in the group stage stage and lose all of their game by quite some margin. Um, although they do have some good individuals, but they just don't have enough of them. Uh, and for, for a team like Northern Ireland, I think kind of their, their, their passion and, uh, and attitude will, will, will take them or will kind of be their main weapon. Uh, maybe they can outwork and outrun uh, a team that 
just that as uh, kind of uh, taking them to, taking them too lightly, but I don't see them making it out of the group, uh, and they will probably finish fourth. Well, why don't you give me your player that you want to highlight off of Northern Ireland? Um, so I don't know many Northern Irish players, uh, but I know a couple. Uh, I think the obvious one to name is Rachel Furness uh, for Liverpool. Uh, she's kind of the the main player of the team, uh, and I feel like most people know about her. Uh, but I'm going to highlight Simone McGill, uh, who plays for Everton and is Northern Ireland's striker. Um, I think she could cause some problems for uh for uh for the other uh for the opposition team's defenders if she gets some service because she she does have kind of sort of a an instinct for goal. Uh so I'm picking Simone McGill. Who are you picking? Well I wanna highlight Caitlin McGinnis. Um I had no idea who she was until I asked around. Um, and it turns out she is currently the top scorer in the um, top league in Northern Ireland right now. And she's very young, very promising uh, young player. And her sister also is on the squad as well. So it's kind of just a cool kind of interesting story. You have two sisters who are young, on the rise, talents. Um, and maybe we will see them, you know, in the WSL in the future. Is it? Kirsten McGuinness, who's, who's her sister? Yeah. Okay. So that's that's an interesting story. And pretty cool that two sisters are playing uh, on the same team at the Euros. Um, so I think we should move on to Group B, uh, the group of death, and start off with Germany. Uh, what do you think about Germany? As someone who regularly watches the Frauen Bundesliga, um, you know, I I do, you know, have to like Germany to some extent. I'm obviously not a Germany fan. Sweden will always be my favorites, but I do watch a lot of Germany. And I want the team to do well. But I'm a little scared. They have easily the hardest group of the tournament. Um, Spain and Denmark have also been really great teams, and I was really, really skeptical about Germany going into kind of the tournament, but with their most recent result, especially the one against Switzerland, I'm now very confused. (laughs) So I don't know whether to, you know, expect them to totally top their group and just be absolutely dominant, or if Germany are going to be the team out of Spain, Germany, Spain, and Denmark that don't make it to the next round. I think it could really go either way for them. I think that, you know, their coach doesn't quite have a, the right game plan for the team. So it'll be really interesting to see how Germany do. Um, it for sure will. Uh, I mean, I, th- I feel like the biggest question mark over Germany, apart from their coach, is their defense. Uh, and their defense is a question mark due to their coach, <laughs> uh, exactly. because uh, because Martina von Tecklenburg um, uh, has a 
has a kind of a love of playing midfielders in defense. Um, and that's not good because that kind of that ruins the defensive structures when not when playing uh, players in defense that doesn't usually defend that much. Uh, I mean, some players that she plays there has the qualities to defend, um, but they're not natural defenders, and that causes a mess. Uh, so. Uh, their goalkeeper Merle Fromms has to <laughs> save their asses many times, um, uh, but yeah, I mean Germany. You think both historically they've been the most successful team at the Euros um, for since it, since its start. So they have the history on their side, and you feel like all Germany will always make it far in the in the major tournaments. Um, and you, you you kind of feel forced to think that this time as well, looking at the just the squad and the all of the talents they have, it's it it might be the most talented uh, squad in the whole tournament. Uh, looking at their looking at their players, their attacking options are so many. Their midfield is so great. Um, but as as I said, the the biggest worry is their defense. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. What well, do we want to? Think... Sorry. Oh, go I ahead. Just, I was just going to ask you where do you think they will finish in the group? I I have a very I don't know like confused idea about this group because I think that either one of Spain or Germany is going to be the one that finishes third. I think Denmark are going to finish second and then either Germany will finish first and Spain will finish third or Spain is going to finish first and Germany is going to finish third. I think both Germany and Spain's squads are just so hard to predict how good they're going to be on the day. Yeah. So where are you placing them? I can't choose. But you have <laughs> to choose. Can we do that? <laughs> uh, you have to choose. Okay, can we say that if Oberdorf plays in the midfield, Germany will finish first. If Oberdorf plays in defense, Germany will finish third. Okay. Um, I think Germany will finish. Oh, God. I think Germany will finish first in their group. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. It's a very tough group to predict. Uh, but I think uh, when we get to Spain, I think I will explain further why I think uh, Germany will finish first. Uh, Do you want to give me your player to watch from Germany? Oh god, this is even more difficult than Northern Ireland because this time it's too many to choose from. <laughs> um, they just have so many. Uh, you can just name them all, almost. Uh, but, I mean, I feel like one play- I feel like a lot of people will highlight like Lena Oberdorf, for example, because she's only 20 years old, but she's already so good. Uh, and even maybe a, already a leader 
uh, in the German team. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to highlight Clara Boole. Maybe yeah. I stole your player this time as well. No, uh, but, 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 but Clara Boole is amazing. She's just so goddamn good. Uh, she scored a hat-trick in, against Switzerland. Uh, and she just... Yeah, it, it's very hard to dis- explain how good she is. Uh, because she just has everything, almost. She's quick. She's got dribbling skills. She's very smart in picking up uh, spaces. Uh, she's got a lethal shot with both feet. Uh, and she can score from like anywhere. Uh, so yeah, Clara Bull is my player from, from from Germany. Well, you didn't steal my player this time, and if uh, Maxi Rawl would have made the squad, that would have been my player to watch. Um, of course. So, Allah's Maxi Rawl, as Jovana Damjanovic said. <laughs> but um, since Maxi did not make the squad, and that would have definitely been my player to watch, I am actually going to highlight Lena Lavine. Um, oh, she started yeah. to, you know, kind She's of good. rise to the uh, stage a little bit after her very impressive Champions League performances. But I still think a lot of people don't know who she is, as Oberdorf is kind of the more highlighted of the two defensive central midfielders that Germany has. But I think Lotvine has proven that she's, you know, almost just as good as Oberdorf is. So I think that she could be a real game changer for Germany. Yeah, Lotwine is very underrated. Uh, uh, and this is not to to say that we forgot players like Svenja Huth, who's emerged as the biggest leader of the of the German national team after Alexander Pop has been out for so long with injury. Uh, then you obviously have Sarah Debritz, you have Lena Magul, you have Leo Schuller, <laughs> you have Merle Fromms, who also very overlooked uh, in the discussion of being the best goalkeeper in the world. Because Merle Fromms, Fromms is just amazing. Yep, definitely. Uh, so yeah. Um... Do you want to talk about Spain? Yes, um, so, uh, I guess. <laughs> I'll start off, or I'll start. I'll let you start off uh, talking about Spain. Okay. Well, Spain are fun. I love the way Spain play. I love that tiki taka style football. Um, I think it's you know amazing to watch, but I also think Spain have issues. Um, they, I think, kind of the main one is Spain is obviously made up of a lot of this, you know, Champions League winning Barcelona team. But that's not the entire team. And I think that's where people kind of go wrong with Spain is they're like, oh, well, they have Alexia and Aitana and Patri and, you know, Paredes. And they have basically the entirety of Barcelona. Why would Spain not be amazing? But you forget that, you know, they don't they don't have Lique. They don't have a Caro. They don't have a Frito. They're missing a lot of those key players that play for Barcelona. Um, 
And I think that's kind of really where Spain's downfall is, is that these Barcelona players know each other so well and, you know, they know how to play this tiki-taka style football together. But when you have to then throw in someone who plays for Atletico or someone who plays for Real Madrid, those players aren't quite on the same same wavelength as everyone on Barcelona. And so I think there's kind of that miscommunication there between those players, and that's what really causes Spain's downfall, as well as Spain don't have a striker pretty much at all, uh, with Jennifer Hermoso being ruled out of the tournament and then not calling in, um, you know, a couple of players that should definitely have been in the team. It's looking like they're going to – Esther Gonzalez is, is going to be the uh, striker for Spain this tournament, so – I think that's their other weakness there. Yeah, that's one of the big weaknesses is kind of Spain's, not to say attack in general, but them not having a clear, an out-and-out clear striker. I mean, Esther Gonzalez is a striker, but she's not the best striker to have. Uh, so for me, I think a lot of responsibility will be on Alexia Piteas. Uh, to score goals which she obviously uh, and clearly can do Uh, but Spain might end up relying too much on Alexia Um, uh, just because they don't have any outright goal scorers to say it that way I don't know how to put it but you get my point Uh, they they just have a big issue as as, a striker with uh, Hermoso out and Jorge Vilda not picking Amayor Saregi or Nerea Esagire from Real Sociedad to make his squad. Um, which is uh, utterly ridiculous uh, because they definitely should have made it. Um, I agree with you uh, in that I love Spain. I love watching them play. I I've always been a big fan of uh, possession-based football, uh, and Spain just executed uh, very well with the the Barcelona core of uh, uh, in the team. Uh, the midfield is obviously amazing, uh, and Spain has been kind of tipped by many uh, to be to go very far and maybe even win it. They're not the biggest favorites to win the tournament, uh, but they are one of the biggest favorites to win the tournament. Maybe the second biggest. Um, I think they will finish second in the group behind Germany. Uh, And that's simply down to the incompetence of Jorge Wilde, their coach. Uh, And yes, I always have a problem with the coach. Uh, I have a problem with the Norwegian coach, but I also have the pro- have a problem with Spain's coach, uh, as many others have. Uh, it's just that he doesn't seem what he's doing. He's relying so much on Barcelona uh, or the Barcelona players to to pull to pull through, uh, but if they have an off day or are not uh, at one hundred percent. They he just doesn't know what to do with the team, uh, uh, and that's uh, that's a big problem, and m- might be Spain's sort of downfall uh, in the tournament. Um, unfortunately, like I would like to see Spain and, and Sweden in the final, but 
it might not happen because of Jorge Vilda. I mean, as mentioned, I'm kind of in between whether Germany or Spain will be one and the other one will be three. I think mainly the main reason for Spain is that as we've seen, you know, that midfield trio of Alexia, Aitana, and Patry can carry any team. So there's a chance that, you know, those that that, you know, midfield trio could carry Spain all the way to number one in the group. But, you know, there's not a guarantee that they can do that. So I think that's why, you know, if that midfield trio isn't carrying the team, then it, there's no way they're going to finish first, probably not second either. So. So you have Spain third. If, you know, there, there's a chance they could finish first, but they could also be third. It's very up in the air, but I definitely, when we talk about Denmark, I'll explain why they're for sure going to be second. Yeah, I think for I think Spain has the uh, can well finish first as well. I mean, I think it's very close. I just think that Jorge Vilda is so shit that Spain will finish second. <laughs> uh, but kind of Spain's quality is too good to not make it out of the group. Although I also like Denmark. Um, who do you want to highlight from Spain? Um, see, this is a good question because I don't actually watch. I watch Barcelona, but I don't watch the rest of the league, nor do I really watch Spain in of itself. And I don't just want to highlight one of the Barcelona players that everybody knows. So no, that's, that's why I think I'm going, well, actually, I think I'm going to highlight someone who might have come as a slight surprise uh, to make the roster, but I think that, you know, she'll do good things is Athena de Castillo. If I said that right, I don't speak Spanish, so I do apologize. But I watched her in the um, that cup in England earlier this year. I don't remember what it was called, but the Arnold Clark Club Cup. There we go. And she was very fun and very interesting to watch. I don't know how much game time she's going to get, but I did think she was a fun and interesting player to watch. And she's very young, so I expect to see more of her in the future. Yeah, for sure. You stole my player this time uh, because I was also going to highlight Athenia del Castillo uh, just because, as you said, what she has shown both in the Arnold Clark Cup but also in the Champions League for uh, Real Madrid is very exciting. Uh, uh, and I kind of don't want to be boring and pick her as well now, although she was my pick. Uh, so I'm just going to be biased again and pick uh, Ona Bache. Yeah. <laughs> Always a good option. Uh, the uh, the Manchester United bias is real. Uh, I mean, I gotta highlight the the few good players they have, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think every know everyone knows how good Ona is. She's proven it in the WSL for two seasons now, being the best right back in the league for the past two seasons. She's just incredible. She she does have weaknesses, but they don't come on show very often. 
Uh, I think the only time she's really struggled is is against Lauren Hemp, um, who she might face in the quarterfinals uh, if Spain finished second and England finished first. But yeah, uh, I'm highlighting highlighting Ona for Spain. Well, now that we've talked about Spain, time to move on to our next team, Denmark. So I'll let you go ahead and talk about Denmark here, Christian. Um, so yeah, Denmark. Um, not a team that I watch a lot. Uh, but when I do watch them, I feel like they're, they're, they're quite solid. Uh, I don't think they... They're kind of a very even overall team with Pernilla Harder as the very standout player. Uh, but the rest of the team is quite kind of solid uh, and even in quality. Uh, they make it work. I watched them against Norway in their final preparation game for the Euros. Uh, and for the first half hour, they completely outplayed Norway. Norway were, Norway were absolutely terrible, and Denmark just completely bossed them. Uh, and then they kind of uh, lost it uh, uh, in the second half, and uh, at the at the same time as Norway kind of improved. Uh, I do think that Denmark will unfortunately finish third in the group, uh, being very boring predicting Spain and Germany to go through. Uh, but they could well finish second uh, for me because it's it's a quality team and they 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 can well upset one of Germany or Spain. Uh, so yeah, uh, but I'm 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 boring, so I'm I'm saying they will finish third. So I guess you're calling me not boring because I think Denmark are going to get second in the group. I think Denmark are just so much more stable as a team than Germany and Spain. And, I mean, think about what Denmark were able to do in 2017. They made it all the way to the finals with a squad that was not as strong as the squad they have now. Um, I think that, yes, everyone knows Pernille Harder. Yes, she is the star, and she continues to shine for Denmark. And so, you know, they have that player that has proven that she can make an impact she can lead a team to victory. Um, so I think that Denmark are going to finish second just because they have, you know, the experience in the tournament. They have, I think, the players that can do so, and I think they're just so much more stable than that of Germany and Spain, as well as I also thought Denmark were one of the best teams in Euro qualifying. Um, I watched quite a few of the Euro, of the Euro qualifying matches, and it felt like they didn't hiccup at all, even having Italy in their group. So That's fair. Well, who's your player to watch from Denmark then? Okay, this time I'm not going to be boring and pick Pernil Harder because everyone knows about her. Uh, but I feel like I might steal your player this time. Uh, yeah, because you're picking Yanni Thompson. <laughs> yes, I am picking Yanni Thompson. Uh, I watch the top Serian every single week. <laughs> and Yanni Thompson has been outstanding for, for Wolleringa at right wing back. 
she scored a ridiculous amount of goals for for a right wing back, and she's always uh, going forward, uh, attacking. She's got a great cross. She she has a very good shot for for a fullback, uh, and and just she, she's just so solid overall, uh, with kind of the X factor uh, going forward. So I'm I'm highlighting Yanni Thompson. Well, since you stole Yanni, I will do use the other Valeringa Dane, and I will say Stina Baliser Peterson. Because I mean, at such a young age, she's already captain of of Valeringa. And she's proven to be a huge, huge player in the defense, especially for Denmark. Um, you know, she starts at center back for them now. And she clearly has proven that she deserves a starting spot in that team and that she can lead Denmark's defensive line. So I think she'll be another one to watch out for from Denmark. Okay, good. Uh, let's talk about Finland. Um, do you think Finland will have any chance, or are they just like Northern Ireland will finish clear fourth in the group? Sadly, I, I I don't think they have any chance. I just think the other teams have so much more to them and so much more power behind them that there's just there's no way. Um, I do think if Finland were in any other group, they might have a chance of finishing third. But I definitely, in this group, there's just no way. I don't know too much about Finland. I know a few of the players on Finland, but I don't think I've ever actually watched the national team play. Oh, no, they did play Sweden, so I did watch them play Sweden last year. But um, yeah, that was about uh, it. This is also a team I know I know very little about, uh, but as the same as you, I know some of their players because they they have no name or they play in the WSL. Uh, but yeah, I think they're they're not the worst team in the whole tournament. I think Northern Ireland takes that for me. Uh, I feel like Finland are more solid than Northern Ireland and are able to uh, limit the opposition teams uh, better and concede less goals uh, and I think their their results prove that. I think they only lost by two goals to the Netherlands for example um, not very long ago or something like that uh, but yeah, Finland will finish fourth in their group um, despite that just because of the quality of the other teams in their group um, so this time it's your turn to be to pick a player to watch first, uh, and okay, I know well, who you're picking. I am picking Olga Aftinian. I think is how you say her name. Don't speak Finnish, um, but she's a midfielder who plays for Link Shopping in the Damalsvenskin, and I mean she's already captain at 24 of of a Link Shopping side that are sitting second in the Damal Finskin table right now, ahead of uh, BK Hacken. So I definitely think she is one to watch out for for Finland. You know, she's proven at, at Linkshoping that she can be the be the leader that they need as well as be that big player in the midfield for them. So I think she'll be one to watch for on that Finland team. I knew you were, I knew you were picking her. Um, 
Link shopping bias. Yeah, probably. Uh, this is difficult for me. Uh, although I know some of the Finland's players, I'm not sure if uh, any of them are worthy of getting picked as a standout player. Uh, because Simply because I just don't know too much about them as individuals and their playing style uh, uh, and what they, they bring. Uh, so I might actually pick their goalkeeper, Tinja Rika Corpella, uh, who plays for Tottenham Hotspur uh, in the WSL. Uh, I think for Finland to have any chance of not finishing fourth, uh, Corpella will be play a very important role in saving a lot of shots because Finland will face a lot of shots. Um, she has proven that She's a very a, a good shot stopper in the WSL in the games she has played for Spurs, although she's kind of second choice behind uh, Rebecca Spencer. Uh, but the times she has played, I, I feel like she has put up some very good saves. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm just highlighting her as maybe not a player to watch, uh, but a very important player for Finland. Um, now we will move on to Group C and the Netherlands. Oh, the reigning champions. Um, am, I, am I starting? Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, this is actually a team that I have quite a lot of knowledge about because I watch them as often as I can. Um, this is the first their first tournament since uh, Serena Wigman left for the England job uh, and they appointed Mark Parsons uh, as their new uh, head coach for the national team. Um, it will of course be very interesting to see how how he will do with, with them. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I've not been very impressed with, uh, the Dutch national team under his management so far. Uh, I don't feel like he has been able to build on Serena Wigman's foundations of the team, uh, despite having, uh, the same core as the 2017 uh, title-winning team. Um, not much has, has changed in the core. Uh, many of the same players are there and in the squad. Uh, but I feel like they've looked very vulnerable, uh, especially defensively. Uh, their back five is is pretty much a mess. They they don't look cohesive and they don't seem to understand each other very well. Um, Sari van Veendal has looked awful. She's so mistake-prone and you don't really know what you, what you get with her. She can pull out great save stills, uh, great save still, uh, but she can also like let in the easiest shots ever. Uh, so that's a big weakness for me. And also just back four in general. On paper it looks good with Lynn Wilms, Stephanie van der Gracht, Annick Nuven and Dominic Janssen. 
Uh, but Janssen isn't a left back, uh, and she doesn't really seem comfor- comfortable playing there. Uh, she plays at center back for Wolfsburg, and she's definitely a lot better there. Uh, and the kind of the center back pairing, pairing hasn't been able to to cover for her when she does uh, make mistakes, uh, which she which she well can do, like losing her marker or uh, giving away a penalty or or something like that. I just feel like I don't feel like the Dutch defense is is solid enough for for them to go uh, the whole way this time. Uh, although I do think they will make it out uh, of the group as uh, the second uh, uh, in second place. Yeah, I agree. I think that they'll finish second in the group. I don't watch Netherlands all too often, but I did watch them against England last week, and they definitely struggled. Um, um, I don't think the first half was too bad, uh, but they collapsed in the second they half. They collapsed in the second half is is what I kind of noticed. Um, but I, I mean, I don't watch them all that often. I do think that they have a little bit of being the reigning champions um, kind of behind them, and that could maybe give them a little bit of a push in the tournament, but they have a brand new coach. Um, you know, a lot of the players that were there in 2017 aren't here now, so it'll kind of be interesting to see how they do, but I do think they'll finish second. Um, before we go to player to watch, uh, can I just say that um, getting Damaris Agrola in the squad for a tournament should be a huge uh, get for them. And also, Daniel van der Donk uh, being fit enough to make it after a long injury with Leon. Um, the biggest problem with me is that Parsons seems to not want to play Damaris for some reason. She definitely should play, uh, but he has preferred Spitze. Um, and that's also kind of a weakness in the Dutch team for me. Because while Spitze was very good before, she's definitely on the decline now and shouldn't be a regular starter for the national team. Yeah. Like, Damaris is right there. Free (laughs) Damaris. Okay. You can go first in picking a player. Well, my player to watch is going to be Lynn Vilms. Um, I watched a lot of her with Wolfsburg this season. And, you know, in a very stacked Wolfsburg side, she was able to submit herself as a starter um, pretty, you know, pretty early on into the season, which I was pretty shocked about. Um, But I think that she's a very young but promising defender and I could see her really tearing up that right side for the Netherlands in the tournament yeah for sure I really like Willems as well um yeah who am I picking uh, I was not going to pick Lynn Willems uh I kind of want to pick Shaki Grunen because I always talk about Shaki Grunen uh, because no one else talks about her for some reason, she's extremely underrated in the in, in women's football. Uh, but I'm not picking her this time. Just saying that she was the the best or second best player 
uh, of the tournament in 2017. Um, but I'm picking Esme Briggs. I probably butchered her name, uh, but I'm picking her. Uh, very exciting young player for, for PSV uh, in the Dutch League. Uh, has something different in terms of X factor uh, in the pack. She's really quick uh, and her technique is just great. She's only 18. Um, so she probably, she definitely won't start over Leaky Martins on the left wing. Um, but she could well get um, some playing time during the tournament. And I think just bringing her on is. I'm excited to watch the Dutch national team if she plays. Uh, She's that good for me. So I think uh, Esme Brutes uh, is a player people should really watch out for at the Euros if she gets uh, some playing time because she can cause uh, a lot of problems. Well... That was the Netherlands, and now we're moving on to my favorite team, Sweden. Sweden. Um, obviously, I did have a bit to say about them, because I wrote a whole article on it. You'll go first, then. What I say short, in that Sweden are the favorites, but they're not the favorites. I thought they were the favorites. I thought that everyone saw them as the favorites, and then here I am reading an article this morning where no one mentioned Sweden once in the entire article. And I went, how do you not mention the number two team in the world and the team that finished second at the Olympics? But okay. So according to English media, Sweden aren't favorites at all and won't do well because they don't know they exist. Um, But I think according to the rest of the women's football world, Sweden are favorites. Um, and I think that is could be a problem for Sweden because they've never been the favorites. They're always the underdog that ends up doing well that people overlook every time. And this time, people actually have seen them and they know that they're good. And so Sweden let that get to their heads. Um, then I think that could be an issue, as well as injuries could prove to be an issue for Sweden. Simbrant hasn't kicked a ball since the Brazil game. And Blackstinia still isn't at 100%. So that's a bit concerning. Um, Blackstinia is more so than Sembrant. But Sweden do have other talented. I think Sweden have the biggest depth out of any team here at this tournament. Because you look at, okay, well, we can't play Blackstinia. So we're just going to play Lena Hertig instead. You know, you're almost swapping a player who's just as good as Blackstinia is. Um, and you would you know, really not be missing anything else. You know, Sembrant is started for Juventus, you know, as soon as she came back from injury and isn't in our starting defense at all. So I definitely think that Sweden have huge depth. So hopefully these two potential injuries um, don't have a huge impact on the squad. And so I think Sweden can go all the way. Um, I think they're definitely winning the group as seen the Netherlands are in their best form. Switzerland are looking quite poor and Sweden did beat Portugal 4-0 earlier in the year. So I do think that Sweden will 
go on to top the group and most likely, you know, make it all the way to the finals, if not win. Yeah, I agree. I think Sweden will for sure top the group. Um, I feel like this is a group that uh, two teams stand out a lot and are big favorites to to finish first and second. Um, yeah, as for Sweden, just a consistently great team. There, there's quality throughout uh, the whole team in every position. They have at least one world-class player. Um, so yeah, there's a. I think there's a big reason why Sweden are many people's big favorites to 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 win the whole Euros. Um, I think my only concern uh, for Sweden is uh, them their midfield relying so much on Caroline Sager, uh, and that's not taking anything away from Caroline Sager or saying she's a bad player. Uh, it's just that she's 37. Um, so for me, that's kind of, and relying on a 37-year-old in midfield is not kind of too great. It's not ideal, despite how good she is. So she's, she, she might get uh, overrun a bit uh, with the rest of the midfield not being defensively great. Uh, and I know that I've seen them play Natalie Bjorn in her position when she hasn't played. Um, so uh, that could well be an option for them. Uh, but yeah, as you said, they just have uh, so much depth and quality. Uh, so yeah, Sweden will top to top group C. Well, I'll go ahead and let you pick a player to watch. Um, since if you did pick someone I was gonna pick, I could easily switch it. So, yeah, I mean, I read your read your preview, uh, and you picked Philippa Angelal. Um, yeah, I'm not picking her. Um, I'm picking Johanna Ritting Kanerid from BK Hacken. Um, I really Great feel spot. like I feel like she should start at the Euros, but I fe- also feel like I don't. But I also feel like she won't. Uh, But she's been tearing it up for Hacken this season. A a very good player. A player I would love Manchester United to sign. Uh, And I think I've seen a lot of United fans uh, uh, saying, tweeting out, tweeting that, that they want Canrid at the club. Uh, And I also want her at the club because she's, she's great. Yes, as well, I would love to say that Frida Linerolfo is the player to watch, but for the same reasons that you didn't say Jackie Gronin is the same reasons I won't say Frida Linerolfo. I still think she's extremely underrated um, by, you know, like everyone in in the women's football world. Um, But I do think she's starting to get to that point where people are actually starting to notice her talent. And since I mentioned Philippa Angel Doll in the article as my player to watch, I'm actually going to switch it up. And I'm going to say Amanda Nilden, who I did also mention in the article, but I think she was just that one player. I had no idea who she was up until this season. 
you know, she wasn't on the radars of, you know, really anyone within, you know, the, the Sweden sphere. And she, you know, moved to Juventus and broke into the starting 11 right away and became, she was the Serie A right back of the year. You know, I think it's, I think it's absolutely insane that, you know, she doesn't play more of a role in the, in the senior national team, especially because she can also play left back and has proven that she is actually quite a good left back. And I think that left back is the one weakest point on Sweden's team. So I think Nilden should start over Anderson at left back. Um, I definitely think Anderson is going to start at left back. But when Nilden does get those opportunities and those minutes, she'll be definitely one to watch out for. And fun fact, Ahmad Nilden's little sister, Matilda Nilden, is playing for Sweden's U19 team in the Euros right now. So I think that's kind of also a cool story. Yes, and they progressed to the semifinals. And we'll play Bain. Um, yeah, should we move on to uh, Switzerland? Yep, Switzerland it is. Um, you can go first, because I don't know much too much about Switzerland. I know about the Swiss players that play in the Frau Bundesliga, um, but I do think that Switzerland are actually going to finish last in the group. Um, I mean, a 7-0 thrashing by Germany is just not what you want to see right before the Euros start for your team at all. I do know they were without Leah Valti, um, but Leah Valti also was injured. And if something happens to Leah Valti, I think that Switzerland have no, have really, you know, nothing to keep them together. I think Leah Valti is what holds Switzerland together. She's what drives the team forward. And they do have, you know, quite a few younger, talented players, but I just don't think they're quite there yet. And I think Portugal are just slightly better and will edge Switzerland out for that third spot. Interesting. I think it will be very tight between Switzerland and Portugal uh, for the third spot in the group. Uh, because Portugal are on the rise, sort of in in women's football, and I think they proved proved themselves as a good team during the Algarve Cup uh, in March. Uh, they beat Norway, for example, and yes, that was a Norway without Caroline Graham Hansen and without Ada Hegerberg. Uh, but still, they Norway still had a lot of good players uh, in that tournament, and Portugal uh, beat them. Uh, so for Switzerland, I rarely watch them. I'm familiar with the very obvious players uh, in their squad. Um, and the same as you, I also watch quite a lot of the Frauen Bundesliga and the, the Swiss players in that league. Uh, just feel like they rely a lot of Leo Walter to hold the team together. Uh, and then they rely on Anna Maria Cernogorsovic to to get them some goals, uh, and she will be even more important for them with Alicia Lehman out. Uh, but I also do think that Cernogorsovic and Ramona Bachman can cause troubles. 
for for defense. Uh, but uh, I think Switzerland will finish third in the group. Who's your player to watch? Uh, I feel like you will pick Riola Shemaili uh, for Freiburg. She's very young and talented. Uh, so, yeah, this is difficult. Uh, I'm going to pick a player that maybe not many will pick. Um, uh, and it's a player I've watched a lot for, for Hoffenheim. And it's their center back, Luano Buhler. Uh, I think both in the Frauen Bundesliga and in the Champions League, she has shown that she's a good defender. Um, uh, and I like her a lot uh, at center back. Not without her weaknesses. I do think she can be a bit rash in the tackle, uh, especially in her own box. Uh, but overall, a pretty good defender for, for Switzerland and Hoffenheim. So I'm keeping an eye on Luana Buhler. See, if you were going to say Zemeli, I was going to say Buhler. So good good shout there. But I, So you're you picking Shemayi. I'm thinking, and I think I have – I mean, Zemeli's great. She's young. She's talented. Um, she was very good for Freiburg this season. And I definitely see potential in her. But I think a player from Switzerland that never quite gets the accolade she deserves is Noelle Moritz. She's a very yeah. solid defender. You know, She's won the Champions League with Wolfsburg. She was at Wolfsburg for many years and was their starting right back. Now she's the starting right back at Arsenal. And so I think she's very overlooked sometimes. Um, and I think she always puts in a solid performance. So... I think she's also kind of one to keep your eye on as she's often overlooked. Yeah, good. Uh, let's do Portugal. Yes. Uh, which is the final team uh, in Group C after replacing Russia um, due to, you know... Yeah. Everything that happened with that. Yeah. Um, do you know much about Portugal? Not uh, really. I I probably watch them play in the Algarve Cup every year because I feel like Sweden plays Portugal at some point in that tournament every time. Um, but I I did watch a lot of uh, Jess Silva when she was with the Kansas City Current. But other than that, I don't know too much about Portugal. But from what I have seen and from what I've seen from Switzerland is just why I think that Portugal are slightly more sound team than Switzerland appear to be currently. And that's why Portugal will edge out Switzerland for that third spot. Okay. Um, yeah, as I said, I watched Portugal at the Algarve Cup uh, in March and they impressed me by beating Norway. I mean, I don't think a lot of people expected that, but they had so much kind of <laughs> like nice-looking technical details in their play. Like they did heel flicks and chips and all stuff over the the, the Nor Norway's defense and, and it 
they Norway just couldn't cope with them. Uh, so that was very impressive. Uh, they also have a lot of pace uh, up front, which is which I see as their kind of biggest threat. Uh, I'm not too sure about kind of the rest of their play, but they do play a lot of balls in behind. Uh, at least that's what they did to Norway when they beat them uh, uh, at Algarve. Um, as I said with Switzerland, I think it's quite close between Portugal and Switzerland for the third spot in the group. Uh, but I just feel like Portugal are kind of not at that same level yet. I mean, at some point, I think they will improve a lot as a team. There are they are on the rise. The Portugal Portuguese league is doing better, uh, but I think Portugal will, will finish uh, fourth in Group C. Do you have a player to watch from Portugal? Uh, I do. Uh, I mean, I feel like a lot of people will highlight Jessica Silva. Uh, so I'm avoiding that. And I'm picking Katarina Amado, their uh, fullback uh, for Benfica. Um, I watched her in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think she did really well, especially against, was it Bayern Munich in the first game? Which ended yep, in a goal as well. That's going to pick because of that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean she's she's not very tall, but she's really good. Like she, she's she's very fast, and she just dealt with with Bayern's uh, attack quite well in that game. Uh, so I'm keeping an eye on Katarina Amado. Well, since you stole who I was going to say, I'll talk about their goalkeeper, Inez Pieria, who put in some very amazing performances for Servette in the Champions League. Yeah, she did. Um, I think those goal differences could have been much higher um, if she was not uh, in the goal for Servette. So I definitely liked her. And uh, if anyone's looking for, for a new goalkeeper, she'd definitely be one to keep your eye on. Okay, that leaves us with only one group left, uh, Group D. Uh, And we start with France. Uh, Laura, what do you think of France? France frustrate me. Because amazing players, lots of talent there. But just quite possibly the worst coach, you know. I have I have seen in a, in, a, in quite a in quite a bit here. Um, how just how does someone leave Amadine on Ray, you know, out of a squad simply because she has some weird grudge with her, right? Like, on Ray has time and time again proven that she is one of the best defensive midfielders in the world, and you're leaving her out of your France squad. Um. So I I still think France will top the group, just simply because I think Group D is the easiest group. Um, yes, I and agree France with that. were kind of lucky in their draw. I think if they were in any other group, they would for sure come in second, and potentially you know even even third. 
But I think because of the group that they've been drawn into, they will win. But I definitely don't think they'll make it after the quarterfinals. Uh, Frowns, you're such a frustrating team to talk about. Um, I just feel like you always think of France as a team that will go far in tournaments. Uh, but they usually never does, or they usually never do. They get knocked out in the quarterfinals a lot. Uh, and that's kind of a frustrating thing, because their squad and their players is actually very good. Um, yeah, as you said, Corinne Diacre is just awful. Uh, and not me, uh, Christian, complaining about a manager once again. Uh, but as with the other two, I think it's very justified with just how how she's running the French national team. She's literally a dictator uh, with this team. And it's to the detriment of the team uh, and their performances. Um, as you said, they will for sure... Uh, I think they will top the group because the group is, they are the clear favorites and the rest of the group isn't on the same level as France. Uh, but I think once again, they will uh, stumble quite early in the knockout stages and uh, and not making that, making that far due to their coach. Well, who's your player to watch from France? Um, once again, I think there are so many players to choose from that you can pick. The obvious one is Katoto, but everyone knows about her. Um, uh, one player I really love watching is Gras Georo for PSG. Uh, so I'm highlighting her. Uh, it was close between a different player, but I'm picking Gioro because I just think she's a fantastic midfielder. Uh, she dictate, dictates play very well. She's technically gifted. She has great vision, great passing, uh, and she just is such a, uh, a leader for the PSG team, and she she's going to have to be for France as well. Uh, with Amadine and Renault being there, Gioro is the the kind of the the pro, uh, pro biggest profile in in France's midfield. Uh, so I'm picking Gioro. I take it the other player you were thinking about highlighting is Salma Basha. Yes, it was. Um, who I also love, but and she would be a great shout out but i think after the champions league she kind of made herself known to the world that's why i'm picking clara mateo from paris fc um she was a kind feeling. of a surprise to you know the the french the french scene this uh you know year and she just really stood out for paris fc and kind of led the team on the entire season so I think that she will be – she probably won't start for France, um, but I think she could be very good coming off the bench for France in that forward uh, position. Can I just say that Salma Basha has to start at left back, but she probably 
but she's likely not to because of Sakin and Kachawe. I mean, both are very good, but I think Basha is slightly better. Basha is a lot better for me, and that's because of her defensive abilities compared to Kachawe. And they're both very good attacking players or attacking fullbacks, uh, but Basha is better defensively. Uh, But, you know, Diokre will make an awful decision again and do the uh, non-logical thing. Well, next we're moving on to Italy. Yeah, um, Italy. uh, What to say about Italy? Um, I think it's another team that's uh, improving quite a lot. Uh, It's not a team that I watched very often, but with how this group is, they could well finish second in the group. And they are probably favorites to finish second in the group, although it's quite close with the other teams. Um, They have some really interesting and good players to watch, I think. Uh, a lot of uh, many of them are playing for Juventus, who are uh, uh, in the Serie A and, uh, and, play, and that are players that are watched in the Champions League. Uh, so I know some of them, but I don't watch Italy that much uh, to give kind of a great judgment on how they play. Uh, but I do think there are a lot of good players in the uh, Italy team. Yeah, I don't. I also don't watch Italy all that often. Um, I have watched some of Roma a bit um, in in Serie A because I I think they're kind of a fun and interesting team to watch when I have spare time. But I definitely agree that Italy are a team on the rise. Um, I think you're starting to see more and more investment put into Italian women's football. And I think that that's really helping to grow the team. Um, And so I could see... You know, Italy definitely finishing second. Um, but I also think Iceland are kind of right up there with Italy in that they're one of those more up and coming teams. We were seeing more and more investment put in. Um, so I think it's kind of pretty close between the two. But I think Italy, um, just because they have um, more players that have more experience, I think that they will edge Iceland out a little bit. Yeah, me too. Who's your player to watch from Italy? I feel well, like I'm, I might know this because, one. Because um, Santorini did not make the squad. I was very disappointed about that because I think she's absolutely been killing it for Roma lately. Um, I think that I will have to go probably with Lisa Boateng from Juventus. Um, okay. I think she's been very good for Juventus. She was definitely one of my standout players from the Champions League. I think she's a very solid defender. And so, yeah, I think I think Boateng will be, you know, great for Italy in this tournament. She also doesn't she also take uh, a lot of set pieces for Juventus, which means she will which means she has a pretty decent left foot. 
of delivery. Yeah. She she's left footed if I'm correct. Yeah. Um I'm not picking Lisa Botin, although that's a very good shout. Uh, I'm picking a different Juventus player who I feel like should play a lot more for Juventus, uh, but made the Italy squad for Euros, and that's Agnese Bonfantini. Um, but she barely started a game in the Champions League this season, uh, and I was always confused as to why she didn't start, because every time she, she came on, she did really well. Uh, and was uh, a very good creative force for Juventus down down the wing. Uh, so I kind of fell in love with watching Bonfantini uh, 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 in the Champions League. Uh, so I think she's got something very uh, special about her. So I'm I'm, I'm picking her. Uh, although there's also. You have to mention like Christina Girelli, Barbara Bonancea, and, and players like that as well. Uh, yeah, I definitely think also shout out to Manuela uh, Giuliano from from Roma. She's such a good midfielder that I think just goes overlooked a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Bonfantini is my pick. At Joe Montemario, play her more. <laughs> um. So yeah. That only leaves us with two more teams. Um are we going Iceland first? Uh sure. I I love Iceland. I think Iceland are just they're gonna be a force one day. Their team is so young. But they have so many talented players scattered across top teams in Europe that, I mean, they're just, they're a force to be reckoned with. I think they're a very solidly defensive team. Um, You saw how Iceland, you know, they, they qualified for, for the Euros, you know, pretty much without Sarabjörg Gunnarsdottir, who is kind of their their star. Um, And they've been playing great without her. Um, so you can only imagine how much better they'll be when now that they have her back. Um, so I think I think Iceland are a very very good side, and I think they could be a bit of a dark horse in this tournament, and they could edge out Italy for that second spot. Yes, I I also think that uh, I feel like Iceland are quite underrated by a lot of people. They don't really consider them as kind of this great team similarly to kind of on the men's side of the game uh but they are for sure capable of springing a big surprise in the tournament so i feel like iceland could well edge out italy uh for the for the second spot or for second place as a lot of great young players as you said and also a very solid team in general uh i think and like, uh, Breidablik didn't do too badly in the Champions League, although they did finish last in their group. They just, but they showed signs, good signs in in, in the games uh, they played. So yeah, I think Iceland could well. 
be a dark horse in the tournament. Um, do you want to pick a player? See, this is so hard because I really want to highlight like a bunch of players on Iceland. So maybe you should pick a player, and then if you pick uh, one of the ones I was going to highlight, then I don't have to talk about it. Okay, so <laughs> there are quite a few players I would love to highlight because they are very good players. Uh, I mean, as you said, the biggest star is Sarah Bergerstadier, and she's back uh, after having a baby. Uh, so that will be a boost for them, but it's it's so obvious to, to pick her. Uh, and I really want to pick someone that doesn't get too much attention, maybe. Um, I mean, you have like Carolina Lea Williams daughter for Bayern Munich. And you also have uh, Svendis Jana Jonsdottir for Wolfsburg. Um, but I think I'm actually going to pick Glodis Vigostottir, the centre-back for Bayern Munich. Um, I think she's very underrated uh, by like so many people. Uh, she was had a very great season for Bayern Munich uh, last season uh, and proved herself to be a top defender. Many wouldn't have thought that when she signed for Bayern and maybe thought it was kind of a too big of a step for her from, from the Swedish league, but she's really like taken her, her spot in the team um, and proven why she, she, she's starting a lot of games for, for Bayern. Uh, so I really like Lotus. See, because you did that, now you kind of touched on, like, people I wanted to touch on, which was Carolina Lea um, and and Glotus. And, of course, obviously, uh, Svendis Jane Jonstater has been absolutely insane. But two players that you did not mention that I definitely want to... I couldn't um, mention all out. of them. There, there were more players I wanted to mention, but <laughs> I, I couldn't take all of them from you. <laughs> So the other ones that I kind of really wanted to point out um, are Amanda Andradot here. She's only 18. Let's just make that clear. Um, she actually made her debut for Norway at just 17 and was absolutely insane when she played for Valeringa um, in the top series two seasons ago and has since moved to Kristianstad um, in Sweden and has looked good for Kristianstad as well. Um, I just think it's insane that that a player can be so young um, and just already clearly have a huge impact on any team that she seems to play for. So she's definitely a player that I'm really excited to see more of in the future. I don't think she will start um, in this Iceland team um, as they have many talented midfielders, but uh, I think she'll be one to watch out for as well as Alexandra Johansdottir from uh, Frankfurt. Um, she signed for Frankfurt at the same time that Carolina Lea Willemsdottir signed for Bayern Munich. Um, and I, I do think that Willemsdottir has probably been the better of the two. But I think any time that Johan Stottir has gotten the chance to play for Frankfurt, she's definitely taken it um, in stride and definitely like proved that she is worthy to be on a Eintracht Frankfurt team that just, you know, qualified for Champions League. So... I think she's another great one to watch out for. Yeah, I still have 
a lot of young players to watch out for. Um, so. Um, we're almost all the way through, uh, but we have to talk about Belgium to finish uh, uh, every team. Um, I think I, I know the least about Belgium. Yeah, I don't know much about Belgium. I mean, they were in Norway's uh, qualifying group. Uh, or they are in Norway's qualifying group for the for the World Cup. Uh, um, to me, they hasn't looked very good when they play Norway. I mean, I think they lost four one uh, at or four nil at Ullevål, uh, and I just didn't feel like they they put up much of a fight. I mean, I kind of expected a little bit more from Belgium, but uh, maybe kind of. They're not. They're not at a good enough level yet to to kind of challenge much. I feel, and they kind of lack lack uh, a solidity and kind of the. Uh, they have a couple of standout players, but the rest of the team kind of lets lets them down. Uh, in some way, so I think Belgium will finish bottom of the group. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think they're also going to finish bottom of the group. Um, I haven't watched too much of them. Um, I remember they played the Netherlands not that long ago, and definitely struggled. Um, I think that was last year. I don't exactly remember. Um. But they do have a couple standout players in, like, Tessa Vollart and, like, Janice came in. But I do agree. They're just they're just not quite of the quality, I think, that everyone no, else is. And they don't have many players uh, in kind of the known leagues. A lot of them, their players play in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think that league has, has risen to... A good enough level yet they kind of lack a bit behind yeah. and are not on the and it's not on the same quality um do you want to pick a player first uh, for Belgium or should I pick first uh I don't know we might end up be thinking of the same player here probably and that I was gonna say uh Tina de Cagney. I was also going to say Tina De Cagney. Um, but I mean, so you can you can talk about De Cagney, and I'll talk about uh Justine Van Havermate then from Reading. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Reading, um, but I do remember her being, you know, pretty decent. Um, as well as I mean, Reading are a pretty stable WSL side. They're not usually one challenging for the title, but they're not usually one facing relegation either. So I think, you know, she could put in some good performances for Belgium and be one of their more standout players, but I also don't know, you know, enough about her, nor do I think that, you know, she's really that great that she'll be one of the more standout players from the group. Uh, No, 
uh, Van Havermat has is a good ball player, but she she lacks pace. <clears throat> so when she gets run past, she she's not able to catch up. Uh, but uh, with the ball, she is very good. She's got great passing and good vision uh, to spot and to to find players. And she also is extremely tall. So she has she a very, very tall. so she she's very dangerous at set pieces and proved that a lot of times for Reading uh, yeah, in she the did. WSL this past season. Um, as for Tina de Cagney, uh, she's also very tall. Uh, she's like 180 centimeters or something, uh, which is quite tall. So she's also obviously quite dangerous in the air. Uh, the thing when you watch the Kegney play, I feel like you might get the impression that she's very like slow and clunky uh, on the ball uh, and doesn't really have <laughs> have that great of a technique and isn't that great of a player. Uh, uh, but uh, looks can be deceiving, uh, and the Kegney is uh, is actually a really good player. Uh, I feel like she should have played more for Hoffenheim uh, in the Bundesliga. Um, but she, while she did play, she I didn't feel like she got as many chances as she maybe should. Uh, that also has to do with the rest of the Hoffenheim team. Uh, but I know that she scored a lot of goals for uh, was it Anderlecht she came from in Belgium mm-hmm. be- before signing for, for Hoffenheim. Uh, so I kind of had uh, higher ex- uh, high expectations to her when she arrived in the Bundesliga. Um, not been able to kind of live up to that yet, but the Tim Dikagne is is a player that more people should know about and should watch more. I think. I definitely agree with that statement as well. Um, so we've been going on for a long time, uh, but should we do some predictions to finish off the podcast? Of course. So who do you think is going to be in the final and then who's going to win the final? Uh, I think Sweden will make the final, uh, simply because, uh, I think they will top Group C, and since they're matching with, uh, uh, or since they're facing the second place team in Group D, they will have a pretty uh, favorable draw in the quarterfinals. Uh, and also, that side of the bracket isn't uh, the strongest, so I fancy Sweden to to go to the final. Uh, the other part of the bracket is a lot more difficult because of the teams that are there. I mean, you have England, you have Spain, you have Germany. Uh... So, Laura, should we finish off the podcast by doing some quick predictions? Yes, I, I definitely agree. So let's start off with predicting who will be in the final and who will end up winning the Euros. What do you think? I'll let you go first. Mm. 
Well, see, this is hard. Because I obviously think Sweden are going to be in the finals. Um, that's definitely, you know, the team that I think is is for sure, you know, going to be there. I do think that they will have a few challenges having to face England in the in the semis if if England make it to the semis. So I think that if Germany win their group and are playing well, it'll probably be a Sweden-Germany final. Um, but then if Germany aren't playing well, they probably won't make it out of their group. But if they are, if Germany are like on on one, then I think they could easily make it all the way to the finals, but I think Sweden will still win. Okay. Um, so it's my turn then, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you that I think Sweden will end up making the final. Uh, and then the question remains, who will join them in the final? And that's very difficult. Um, I think... <laughs> One would think that England will finally make it since it's the Euros in England and they're on home soil and all that comes with that. Uh, but uh, England has a tendency to just not... Uh, to be kind of the the almost team by not doing well and, and not ending up winning the a major tournament. So I think just for the heck of it and just because I really want to see it I'm predicting that Spain will face Sweden in the final and then Sweden will win how about that I mean it's a pretty good it's just a dream final I feel yeah. Spain versus Sweden I think well, that's not, cool. not, 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 not for the England fans but you know for for me being quite neutral in this and not knowing that Norway won't make it. So I want to see Spain versus Sweden. Mm-hmm. Well, who's going to be, who you think is going to be the best player of the tournament? Um. So the best player of the tournament usually goes to a player that plays for the team that ends up winning. Uh. So by my prediction, I guess uh, it's going to have it's it has to be a Sweden player. Uh, so you know what? I'm picking Fridolina Rolfo. Can't take my pick. That's fine. You can you can pick her. I'll pick someone else. But are you picking someone from Sweden, or are you picking from a, from someone from a different team? No, I was gonna pick Frido. <laughs> I was going to be biased, but also not that biased because, yes, it's biased because I think she's absolutely amazing, but she was the best player at the Olympics, and I think she could very well replicate that again at the Euros. Yeah, but if they don't go by the kind of a player that plays for the winning, for the team ending up winning the title, uh, I'm going with... with, uh... Uh, I'm going with uh, Alexia for Spain because I predict Spain to go to be in the final. So I'm doubling down, kind of. Mm -hmm. 
by being very boring and picking the two most obvious ones. Well, since you s- stole Frito, this was a this was a downright steal. Um, I think I will go with Caroline Sager as the player of the tournament because it's Caroline Sager. Her name, last name, literally means victory in Swedish. Um, and she's just the epitome of winning. You know, she's won countless of things. She has not won anything with Sweden, um, like major tournament wise. But I definitely think that, you know, she is the it factor with Sweden. She's what, you know, really, really, truly holds that team together. And I just, I don't know where women's football would be without Caroline Sager, so. Yeah, sure. That's, that's fair. What else are we predicting? If not Sager, since I did say Germany were going to be in the final, I think that it would probably, likely it would go to the likes of Lena Magul. Because I think she will be flashy for Germany, as well as I think she'll get a good number of flashy kind of goals. Um, and as you know, that is what gets you player yeah. of the match awards. So True. <laughs> okay, what else are we predicting? Uh, I, th- I think that's it. Are we doing a breakout player of the tournament? Oh, yeah, we can do a breakout player as well. Uh, yeah. This is very difficult for me because it very it depends on what you define as a breakout player. Uh, I guess it probably has to be someone young uh, and someone who hasn't played at a major tournament uh, yet or something like that, right? Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, maybe not someone who has... Like, we can't pick Aitana von Matty. No. Because she's just so well-known, even though she will be definitely one of the players of the tournament. Yeah, and you can't really pick, like, Lauren Hemp either, I feel. I can agree to that. Okay. Um. So, yeah, that's difficult. Uh, so, who am I picking? Uh... I'm going with Ella Toon. Is it allowed to pick Ella Toon? Yeah, I think so. I think she's significantly less known than him. Yeah, so I'm picking her. Uh, I could also I could also pick Alessia Riso, but I think Ella Toon will play more. Uh, and she will provide goals and assists when she plays. So, And you know how things go with goal contributions. So I'm picking her. Hmm. I think I'm going to pick... This is really hard to to choose and to come up with someone. But I think a player that's going to catch a lot of attention, especially if they do well, is Carolina Leia Wilhelmstadt here. Um, I watched the Iceland in the She Believes Cup, and she was by far the best player in that entire tournament. I don't even remember who they gave it to, but it was definitely American. Um, 
but th- no one came even close to the levels that she was she was playing on and she just looked so good and i think that she will draw like draw a lot of attention at the tournament um if iceland do progress out of the group stages she was my second pick <laughs> we're so similar uh, yeah we are um okay i think we should do a couple of more just for because we kind of have to uh top scorer and dark horse no not dark horse. Uh, oh yeah and disappointment oh so we're we doing top scorer dark horse and disappointment yeah okay well i think my choice for top scorer is kind of obvious it's going to be stina blackstinius assuming whatever thigh problem she is having gets fixed um there's no doubt it's going to be her if Sweden make it to the final, or when they do. Um, the thing is, like the logic is to pick someone who will go far, uh, because you get a lot more games. Uh, but you can also pick someone with an easy group, uh, and think that uh, that player will score a lot of goals in the group stage, and that will be enough. So I'm quite torn, but I think I'm picking Katoto for France. Mm-hmm. Because because of their group, and I think France will win all three of the games, and she will be the player, player scoring uh, most of the goals for France. And she I will agree. And she will play a quarterfinal. Uh, which they might get knocked out of, but she will still have four games and she can score a lot of goals. So I'm picking Katoto as top scorer. Um, Dark Horse, do you have one? Um, Well, I think we kind of already talked about it, but Iceland. Yeah. I'm going to... I have to be boring and pick Iceland as well because I feel like they define dark horse the best yeah for sure uh and disappointment to to finish it off i mean i think it's probably going to be the netherlands just in that they are the reigning champions um and i don't really see them getting past the quarterfinals so yeah, I definitely I'm, think that'll be a disappointment for especially Netherlands fans, but just more in general, the the women's football community who, you know, you know, remember the great Netherlands of 2017. Yeah, that's a good shout. I mean, like their quarterfinal is probably going to be France. Uh, and while oh, I feel like that's a close game, it's a really close game. Just with Diakra being awful and the Netherlands being not great at the moment. So, uh, okay. So I can't. I kind of wanted to pick the Netherlands as well, but since I like Jackie and support the Netherlands a lot in the tournament, I'm not going to pick them. Um, <laughs> God. I'm gonna pick Norway 
because so many people have hyped them up before the tournament with other re- returning and, and naming them as a dark horse and saying, oh, well, they can reach the semifinals. They can reach the final. So Norway are crashing out in the quarterfinals against uh, Germany or Spain, uh, and that's going to be a big disappointment for everyone uh, who have predicted them to be a dark horse uh, and an outsider of winning the whole title. I'm sorry, Norway, but, you know, it's not your fault, it's Sjögren's fault. And on on that note, I think we're done with this uh, with this preview podcast for the Euros. We do apologize; it is quite long, um, but we hope you all enjoyed the podcast. So, thank you all for listening, and enjoy the Euros. <laughs>